0: Good morning and welcome to High Point Church Online. I'm Katherine. And I'm Jenny. And we are so happy to have you guys here with us this morning. If it is your first time with us, a special welcome to you. We love that you've chosen to be with High Point Church this morning. So we're going to start our service with announcements. Mm-hmm. We've got a few big things happening. Actually one thing's happening tomorrow that's not even like a church announcement. What's going on tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow is the first day of school for Woo! our students. We're so excited, and it's also, you know, for them, they might not be excited. But I feel like
0: some of them are, and then some of them are. It depends on
1: your grade level, yeah. but tomorrow our students start. So one thing, make sure tomorrow morning you're praying. Yes, We're, we'll be praying true. for our students, our teachers, <laughs> mm-hmm. our parents. So this is a big oh, deal. It's the start of a new school year, yeah. different routines, different, a lot of things. So yeah, that's exciting yeah. for our students. Speaking of back to school next sunday august 7th is our back to school service
0: we can't not celebrate our kids no we have to exactly we're super excited (laughs) our students
1: are going to be in the service with us they're going to be a part of the service some of them will take on some more leadership roles during Mm -hmm. the service we're going to pray over them we're going to celebrate them so be at the 1808 next sunday august 7th for our back to
0: school service yes it'll be great and then another exciting thing we have going on is our first ever High Point Women's Retreat. We're so excited. Mm -hmm. At the end of this month, um, August 26th to the 28th, Mm -hmm. we'll be having a women's retreat. We're going up to this wonderful cabin in the mountains and we're just gonna spend some time together, first off, and Mm -hmm. rest. But ultimately, we're gonna spend some time learning about God, Mm -hmm. learning what it looks like to be devoted to Him, to one another, and to the truth that we find in the Word of God. So if you are a woman (laughs) and you wanna be a part of what we're doing, Text info to 97000. For all of the information for registration, we encourage you, you've got to register. You have to we register. We actually have limited spots. Yeah. So we want you to hop on this. Don't miss out. If you have any questions or anything at all, reach out to us through any of our social media mm-hmm. areas. Ooh.
1: Yeah, we are super excited about this. Yes, We have lots of fun things coming up, but as we like to say, we're serious about fun, but we're also serious about faith. Yes. So today, I want you to think a little harder i want you to pray about how you can be giving back to your community Mm -hmm. how you can be an extravagant giver that's one of our values here at high point yes um and and we really we preach that we Mm -hmm. feed into that because Mm -hmm. this is how we give back to god first and foremost and we're able to give in pour into our community pour into our church pour into Mm -hmm. those who who need it uh and so uh, Catherine, would you like to pray for us today? I would love to pray for so us. So we're going to pray over our ties and our offering. Mm-hmm. You can give by texting HP Info to 97000, as well as get any information about High Point, who we are, what we're doing, how you can get connected. So Catherine, if you'll pray,
0: yes. We we'll move on. Continue. All right. Dear God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for another opportunity to worship together, to be with you this morning as a community. God, I pray that you would bless our giving, our offering today, God, That it would be a blessing to you lord help us to be extravagant givers in everything that we do god that we would be abundant in our giving lord be with us through the rest of this service open our hearts to hear your word to hear your truth and be with us for the rest of this week in jesus name we pray amen
2: good morning and welcome to high point church online my name is andy i'm the lead pastor here uh, great to be here with you today, and if this is your first time watching online, welcome. Always a pleasure to get to worship with you wherever you're watching and streaming from. We're in a series called "That's My Jam," and so let's start things off with a with a bang today. Think of when you were a kid. Maybe you are watching and you are a kid. What is your favorite cartoon theme song? Okay, let's take it back for a minute, right? Think of think of your favorite cartoon that you had. Now, I grew up in the 80s, right? So, we had Saturday morning cartoons. We had cartoons, you know, when you came home from school, like you had your block, right? And we also had cable and commercials and all the things, if you can even believe that that uh, was a thing, it was. But one of my favorite cartoons was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, from even today, note one, I hear one note of the He-Man theme song, and I'm immediately in a great mood, right? There's something sto- so nostalgic about it. Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, you better believe it. DuckTales, okay, Darkwing Duck, I could go on and on. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? When I started having kids, what I was surprised by, right, was Transformers Prime. OK, amazing theme song. And when you hear it, when my kids hear it, when my sons hear it, when I hear it, when we hear the songs, right, of cartoons that we grew up with, it does something to you. That's, the again, the power of music. It, it shifts something inside of you. Little asterisk, we were hoping and planning to actually play some of that music in the stream today. But we discovered that our video would be flagged uh, for copyright issues. So sorry to disappoint. But drop your favorite cartoon theme song in the you know in the comment thread today uh, if you're watching and want to. Uh, we'd love to hear what what got you going as a kid. In the same way, right? That, m- that music it has a way of changing your mood. We know that it does. In the same way that music changes your mood, the scriptures what we're here to get into today to open up, to read. The scriptures have a way of changing your spirit. In the same way that music changes your mood, the scriptures have a way of changing your spirit. And the scriptures, truth be told, it's actually filled with music. It's filled with jams, right? Like I said, we're in a series called That's My Jam, and we've been looking at Thanksgiving psalms and what's called royalty psalms and wisdom psalms, things that we believe that God put in the Bible on purpose for you and for me to, yes, understand the story of God and who He is and what He's doing in our lives and how He he operates, but also literally just to practically help you as you're living your life. And so today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 6. And I, I'm gonna add something to our big idea. If you if you've gone back or if you've been listening to the That's My Jam series that we're in, I encourage you to go and listen to all the different uh, all the different jams, right, that we've got happening. But there's one other thing that I'm gonna to add today to it. In the same way, music music changes your mood, scriptures change your spirit. But here's the other thing that the Bible does for you, especially Psalms, is it gives voice to what you're feeling. It gives voice to what you're feeling, it gives you credibility it affirms that you haven't actually lost your mind, right? Like, you ever had those moments where you say to yourself, like, the truth comes out, and you say to yourself, "I see, I I wasn't crazy. I didn't lose. I wasn't losing my mind. I was right for what I thought or how I felt. Well, that's what the Psalms do for us. In some ways, it helps us connect some of the difficulties at times, great moments, uh, hard moments, and allows us to be anchored in, in what other people have felt and helps you not lose your mind. Um, just from an emotional standpoint, you ever felt like you just you can't explain why? You just need to cry. And yes, you know, men feel this way too, right? This isn't just, a, you know, one particular sex or, that, or how it works. Sometimes you just, you have these tensions inside of you and you have those conversations and you just say, and you just know, like, I need to, I need to get something out. I just need, I need to cry. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Uh, Ever just felt so angry? And sometimes the crying and the anger goes hand in hand for some of you but you just found yourself overwhelmed, angry at at your lot in life, the situation that you have, right? Circumstances that are beyond your control. You cannot fix this. You cannot change it. And so your reaction is is to be angry. And what happens most of the time is that anger leaks out, actually, on the people that you don't intend it to leak out on, but you're angry and you just, you, you don't know how to manage these emotions that are raging inside of you. You're angry. You need to cry. You're frustrated. You're tense. You're anxious. You're stressed. You know because people tell you and because you've told other people, well, you shouldn't keep these things bottled up inside. We know that to be true. Ever felt depressed? Or just felt discouraged? And you don't even know why. You just, or maybe you do, and you just feel down, but you don't know how to not feel down. Now, a footnote to this sermon. Sometimes there are scenarios, right, where you need more than actually what I'm going to tell you in this moment. In other words, you may need professional help to help you get through or get over a a stretch or a season. When we talk about mental health, there's no shame in needing to see a professional as it pertains to mental health. Please do that. And if you need help finding someone, literally send the church a message after this sermon or even respond in the chat right now. But other times, what we need is to to learn how to bring what's inside of us to God. And that's what Psalm 6 is going to do. This is a lament. The, the, The Bible here gives us a lament, a moment where David is bringing all of his frustration to God. He is mad. He is crying. He's upset. He's—I mean—his emotions are a teeter-totter, back and forth, and that's actually very consistent with what you read in the Psalms. This is going to help you, and it helps me. Psalm chapter six, verse one: "O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I'm languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul." is also greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death, there's no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? I'm weary with my moaning. Every night, I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. He, the Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Whoo! We don't even know what's going on here, do we? We have no context for what David is going through in this moment. And if you know me as a pastor, you know how much I love context. But there's no context here. And theologians, that nobody knows the specific details of what David is going through. But we know this. He's going through it. He's in the midst of it. And David does what so many of us do. He looks at the condition of his life and things aren't going well. And you know what he immediately thinks? He thinks, I've done something wrong and God is punishing me for it. And that's not to say today, church, that that God doesn't discipline those he loves. The Bible actually tells us that a good father disciplines those that he loves. Sometimes God just flat out resists us in our life. That's true, that's reality. But can we just acknowledge for one second today, that sometimes bad things just happen. Sometimes things just, they just are busted up and broke down and they hurt and they're painful and they're tragic. And that is life. We live in a world that has been ravaged by sin starting all the way back in Genesis 1 through 3, when sin entered the garden, sin entered all of creation, and consequently, there has been brokenness ever since. Even though Jesus has died on the cross, and we believe that to be true, and that He gives life and new life to all those who would put their faith in Him and follow Him, and that Jesus Christ rose victorious over sin and death, His kingdom that is coming to this earth, the kingdom that he exhorts his followers to say, hey, pray that my kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Even though Jesus reigns victorious over sin and death, the renewal of his entire kingdom on this earth has not fully been realized, which means there is still pain and there is still brokenness that exists in this world. Broken things happen in a broken world to broken people. And it really stinks. And I want you to hear this today. If you you hear nothing else, if you've only got a few minutes, I want to encourage you with this. Some of you have carried the weight of feeling like every single thing that's gone wrong in your life is because of your fault. And I want you to know that I don't believe that that's true. And that that is a weight that is so heavy that God has not asked you to carry. My hope, then, is that you can bring all of your pain and grief and all of your suffering to God. Suffice to say, as we continue reading the text, that it's simply okay to not be okay. Sometimes you're just not okay. And that doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It doesn't mean that you're a weak Christian. It just means that you're, you're not okay. I've had seasons as a pastor where I just wasn't doing well, wasn't doing great. And that's not a reflection of you having faith or not having faith. Can it be? Sure. But is it always? No, it's not. David wasn't okay. David, King David, man after God's own heart. And time and time again, he's not okay. And look at what he is lamenting about. By the way, the word lament, that's not a word we even use a whole lot. What does it mean? It means to be overcome right? With grief and sorrow. Oh man, there's just a weight on you. And, and every human being knows at some point what it's like to be overcome and overwhelmed by grief and sorrow and pain. And you just don't know why things are going and ha- happening the way that they're happening. And here we see D- uh, David, verse three, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I'm languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My very bones are troubled. His physical body is being affected by the pain that he's going through. And he's literally bringing it to God. The, the, the first thing that he talks about is, God, how long is, how long are you going to be? How long, oh Lord, is it going to take for you to do something? I'm languishing. In other words, like my body is deteriorating here. My very bones are feeling this. Have you ever felt? Felt like so stressed out, or so such anguish that your body was affected by it. Like you literally, you you physically just were ill. You were sick. Couldn't sleep at night. Ever tried caring for a family member? Had right. somebody's gotten sick, and you're now responsible for that person many of you have i have it's stressful in ways it's difficult to articulate and the grief of that the pain of it the sorrow of it the challenge of it day in day out week after week or month after month it's a lot to bear and so people oftentimes feel strain. it's just how long god will you heal Will you work will you move I don't know what's going on, but would you do something? Oh, Lord, how long? Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's financial. And and, and you have laid awake at night staring at the ceiling. And that heartbeat of yours, it just feels like your heart's going to beat out of its chest. Because you're you're thinking about the future. And you're wondering, God, how am I going to get from here to there? I don't see a way forward. I don't know how this is going to work, Lord. And you feel that, right? And your literal body is affected by it. You go and, you, you know, the tightness in the shoulders, You're gaining weight over anxiety and stress, like all, all the different things, headaches, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it can become even more complicated than that. It can become more serious. Stress is a doozy. Right, but 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 here we see David, his limit, his pain and grief, is literally affecting his body. Verse three, my soul is greatly troubled. The soul, his heart, my, his his soul, his emotions, his mental state. You have his physical condition. Now it's his mental condition. And throughout the Psalms, we see David. He's a teeter totter. I mean, bam, bam, just back and forth. But is this not what happens when you're going through it? You don't know why you feel the way that you feel. And it, oftentimes it feels extreme. One second you're down here, the next you're up here, and, and then you're back at the other place again. You don't know what's going on, but you sure feel it emotionally. God, my, my soul is greatly troubled. Oh, Lord, how long am I going to feel this way? How long am I going to experience this? How long, Lord? Verse 7, my eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Later on, he uses the word enemy. And David, I already mentioned he's considered his 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 a man after God's own heart. So God calls him. Yet he has more enemies that you can shake a stick at, right? This guy has relational problems everywhere. His son tries to steal the throne. Saul, the king before him, tries to kill him. Philistines want him dead. Assyrians want him dead. People are jealous of him. We've got marriage problems. We've got fiance problems. We've got we got problems. Okay, we got relational strain. And whether or not you know, David sometimes refers to uh, people who are criticizing him as his enemies right? People who disagree with him as an enemy or that are saying things about him as an enemy. We don't know if this literally means people who have spears and swords and are trying to kill him in this moment, or if this is just relational emotional strife with people around him. We don't know, but we know it's causing tremendous angst. And again, whether it's physical, whether it's mental and emotional, or whether it's relational, does it not just feel like you're carrying the weight of the world? Relational strain and stress is terrible. And you know what it's like to feel the awkwardness, the unresolved conflict with someone. Oh, does it give you angst with a boss or a family member or a friend. You lose sleep over it. You lose appetite over it. You go the other way. You don't want to, you don't want to run into them, right? It's the awkward tension. It's it's, ooh, it's the knot on the inside. Sometimes as a parent, you even have this with your children. You have this with your spouse. And yes, you want reconciliation, or yes, you want what feels crooked to be made straight, but you don't know how. You don't know what to say. You too much time feels like it's passed. You, you just feel tied up inside. You feel like you're wasting away because of your grief. God, how long? How long is it going to be this way? God, how long is it going to take for you to move? God, how long, how long, how long, oh Lord? And what we see in this moment is not a a moment of praise and thanksgiving and hand clapping and, hey, get out the worship band and the worship team. God is good. He is great. Let's give Him a praise, right? And all of the things that we like about faith and Christianity, we haven't been very good at times at learning how to express our pain to the one who actually has the strength and power and heart to do something about it. Yet throughout the Psalms and literally throughout the Bible, we see God's people learning to express where they are, what they're feeling and going through. And don't they pretty much always come down to three things? God, something's going on physically with me. And I need to bring it to your attention. How long? God, something's going on emotionally. I feel a certain way, and I don't know what's going on. God, how long? God, there's a relational problem. Is it not typically physical, emotional, or relational? Of course it is. It's one of those three things. And David is hitting all three in this psalm right here. God, how long is it? How long am I going to do this? Feel this way. Go through this and he brings his lament to God. Isn't this what we lament over? Isn't this? Isn't this what causes so much strain and pain and the need to go to God in prayer and the need to go to Him in lament? It's it's things that are happening in your body, like physical condition, your emotional condition, and your relational conditions. Those three things are typically what cause you the greatest pain and the greatest challenge in your life. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things that many of us, you know, don't know, maybe you grew up going to church, maybe you didn't, maybe you're watching online, and this, and this is really kind of the only church you know. Well, well there are these things called hymns, right, that churches, you, you sing in a church, and a lot of people know hymns. Even if you didn't grow up going to church, you know maybe Amazing Grace, you know, or you know uh, just some church hymns. Well, a lot of these hymns right, that, that we sing and we celebrate and they move us, many times we don't know the history and the story behind them. Many of them are born out of the very same kinds of pain that you're going through. Lament. I'll give you an example. Horatio uh, Spafford is a church man in Chicago. He's a Christian, man of faith, four kids, is married, and this is, you know, during the late 1800s he was wealthy, and he lost just about everything in the fires of Chicago. Uh, I believe it's called the Chicago Fire of 1871. And it wiped out the majority of his wealth, and it was understandably an un... It was unmistakably a stressful time. And so uh, he sent his family... Well, he and his family, they are going to Europe, uh, where they were going to kind of catch their breath. They were going to work uh, and serve with a ministry uh, overseas. And his, his children, four children and his wife, get on the ship. He's planning to go as well, but has some last-minute business decisions. And so he's going to catch up to them a few days later, and they go on ahead in front of him. And as their ship is in the water and as it's on its way to England, that ship is struck by another boat. And the ship sinks in 12 minutes. And his wife survives and all four of his daughters do not and it is a tragedy horrific the kind of I mean how do you how do you make it through that how do you make it past that what do you do except bring your grief to God and Horatio spafford gets on a boat to meet his wife in England as he's on this ship, and literally as it's passing around and through the areas where the previous ship sank, he pens the hymn, It is well with my soul. And words now like when sorrows like sea billows roll, it brings on a whole new level of understanding as to what what the writer is writing about. It's unbearable grief and unbearable pain and difficulty. What can you do except express it and bring it to God? And that is what these jams, so to speak, do for us, is they give voice to feeling. They allow you to express in this moment the weight and pain and grief of what you're going through. The Psalms help you not lose your mind in these moments because all of a sudden you're able to read and identify with somebody else who's going through it like you are. And it, there's no sense in trying to compare pain and we love to do that, don't we? Doesn't When you're going through it, the, the deception is that nobody knows what I'm going through Nobody's experienced to the to, to the degree that I've experienced it. That's what the, the 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 lie of pain you know does inside of us. But understand something that even in even in these moments of despair and these laments, many times at the end of these psalms, there's a shifting that begins to happen in the heart and soul of people. And what I want to do in this moment, as you're watching and as you're streaming, is I wanna to begin to to to, to sow the seed of shift in your own soul. And I'm not saying to get over it. I'm not saying get past it. But what I am saying is that in the midst of your pain and in the midst of your despair, begin to lift your eyes to the Lord. Where does your help come from? My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, God Almighty. If there is anyone, Who knows and understands what you're going through? It's actually God. It's actually Jesus Christ. Think about what Jesus went through. You think he knows what it's like to be alone? He does. Do you feel like maybe he knows what it's like to be betrayed? Oh, he does. Read the life of Jesus, read of his abandonment, of his betrayal. Read of this man. Do you think he knows the pain of anguish, of anxiety? Read about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you think Jesus, when he is on the cross and he's saying, God, my God, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? Does that resonate? Do you get that? God, how long? Oh, God, how long? Whether it's betrayal, loneliness, abandonment, isolation, anguish, despair, discouragement, Jesus knows. And Jesus gets what you're going through. Even even if it honestly is that no one really does know, Jesus does. And so in Psalms 6, 8 through 9, we see David beginning to shift even his own lament. By the end of this psalm, he says, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. He's been crying. His bed, literally said, is filled with tears. His couch overwhelmed with his tears. He's cried so much over the anguish and condition of his life. And yet by the end of it, and it's okay if you're not there yet, but by the end of this psalm, he reminds himself, man, the Lord has heard my weeping. He's heard the sound of it. I know, I don't know what God is doing. I don't know when he's going to do it, but here's what I do know. This God, my God has heard the sound of my weeping and that does something in his soul. He's heard, he has been heard and the Lord has heard my plea. He says, the Lord accepts my prayer. Notice he calls it a prayer. His, his despair, all he has done in this moment is bring to God how brutally bad the conditions of his life are. And yet by the end of the psalm, he's saying, God's heard my prayer in this moment. Literally, this is his prayer. It's a prayer of lament. Close with this as we talk about jams. I know the series that we've been in, that's my jam. Most of the time when we think of jams, we think of songs with a great beat and songs that just always make you happy, and songs that, you know, that the nostalgic feel. But there are other moments and other songs, songs that we see in the Bible that that give voice to how you feel. And it's not the song that maybe you put on every day that just has that thump to it. But it's a jam that you need no less to help bring voice to where you are and where you, what you're feeling with God. And Peter does that. And he closes, I close with this. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. You know that God cares for you? In the midst of your pain and anguish, God cares. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Don't Don't let Satan use your pain, right, to devour you. Instead, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood and sisterhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Jesus Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want to invite you today to pray your prayer of lament to God. Maybe you aren't in that season, but you might be at some point in the not so distant future. Remember this message and bring how you bring it to God. He can take it. Bring it to him. In your pain don't sin. In your pain don't turn to to different things to try to, you know, make you feel better, vices, addictions, things that. No, don't, I'm begging you, don't do that. Turn to God and voice your pain. Voice that anger. Voice the disappointment, the discouragement, the, oh God, where are you? Oh God, why have you forsaken me? God, how long are you going to take to to move and do this? Oh God, this is what's happened. Oh God, let him know. Bring it to him and know this, that all of your anxieties you can cast upon him because he cares for you. And in the right time and in his due time, after you have gone through this suffering season, for whatever reason it might be or or the conditions we may never know, but after it has come to an end, the God of grace who has called you to Jesus Christ will restore you. He will confirm you, strengthen you, and he will establish you. That is my prayer for you. And that is where my faith is for you. Not only for you, but also for me. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my jam. Let's pray. Father, thank you in this moment that you are a God, you are a good father and a God that cares. And God, that even in the difficult times, we can turn to you. God, in the same way that we see men and women of Scripture, in the same way that we see, uh, Lord, those who penned these great hymns like Horatio Spafford, Lord, God, turning to you in impossible times and impossible situations, God, we turn to you as well. And we bring our despair, our grief, our frustration, our anger to you. God, we bring it all to you in the throne room of your grace. And God, we ask that you would move. God, restore us, establish us, strengthen us, confirm your goodness and greatness in our life. Thank you for being that kind of God that we can bring this to. We worship you today. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen, church. In a sermon like today, I want to make sure that you know if, you, if you're going through what feels like an impossible time and you don't know where to turn, maybe commenting in the public chat isn't the way that you want to go, and that's okay. You can send a private message online to the church in this moment. You can find us on Facebook. Um, at High Point ATL, right. Send a message to the church. Um, also in this moment, a text HP Info on your phone to ninety-seven thousand. And there's an option and a way for you to receive prayer uh, in that moment. You can fill out what you need prayer for, and we'd be happy to pray alongside you and connect with you. We love you. Hope you're doing well. Praying for God's blessing in your life. We'll see you next week right here.